really taking time to self-reflect and posing curious questions of yourself about what lights you up, what what would you be doing if so that 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 caveat could be if you had all the money in the world if you had all the time in the world if you had all the freedom and permission permission's a huge one what would you be doing if and you know just just tapping into what you would like to be in terms of resourcefulness would you like to be more confident more clear more capable because if we start to answer those questions, we'll start to fertilize the desire to do that and the desire and maybe even the inclination to make change in our lives. Are you a health professional wanting to explore all the options life has to offer? Then you've come to the right place. The Balance Medics Handover podcast is all about living outside the box of what we've been told. I'm Isabella, your host a junior doctor from Australia and trained coach. I'll be interviewing health professionals from all walks of life, artists, authors, non-clinical specialists, and more. These stories show that our choices are endless. Let's take the journey together. This is The Handover. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you all know that you can now leave a voicemail for the podcast. See the link in the show notes if you want to ask a question or have anything you'd like to get off your chest. Let's hear one of the messages. Hey, Isabella, it's Joe Braid here. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for making me aware of a great way of interacting with a podcast host. Love what you're doing and thank you once again for having me on your pod. Um, I look forward to seeing you again in one of our doctor coaching collabs that we're all a part of. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Looking forward to hearing more from you and I welcome anyone else to call in too. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. This episode we are speaking with a nurse who has had multiple career transitions in her life. From clinical to pharma to mindset coaching, Kylie Brennan can speak with experience on what it's like to change paths and follow your curiosity. Without further ado, let's hand over to Kylie. Hi, how are you? I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me on here. I think this is a really beautiful podcast and community that you're creating really meaningful so I'm proud to be here oh thank you so much I'm really excited to speak more with you and share your story with all the listeners amazing so can we start with you in your own words sharing more about your journey and how you got to where you are now yeah absolutely I think like so many healthcare professionals I had a number of nurses in my family and it felt like a natural progression to not only be inclined to want to do nursing but to see role models in my family and follow their footsteps. I kind of typically for healthcare professionals I wanted to help people, I wanted to support people and and care for people so it was a, a really natural step in that direction for me. I worked at St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney for um, I think it was four, four or five years and I, I think I was lucky. You might not have thought so at the time, but uh, my postgrad year, my final rotation, I landed on a ward that had a mass exodus and it was really confronting, but wow, it was time to step up, you know, sort of thrown in the deep end and really developed leadership skills, possibly beyond when I was expecting them and had such a lovely experience Um 
building up my capabilities and my skill set on that ward. Uh, I did have friends who had sisters or, or connections in the pharmaceutical industry, so I'd always saw that shiny place <laughs> and was interested in doing that. But towards the end of the ward nursing, I found that I was getting less and less patient care and one-on-one time with patients, which started to drain me. I needed that to fill up my cup and to fulfill why I was there. So it it led to me moving into community nursing, which was so beautiful and really connected one-on-one time with patients. I got such a thrill out of doing that and it was an after-hours service so there was a lot of palliative care as well which I really really enjoyed Um, and when that role was sort of dissolved it felt like the right time to investigate going into the pharmaceutical industry so I I worked for three of the largest organizations worldwide obviously here in Australia and had just a lovely experience that was what I really got out of the farmer roles was the, the selling roles was again that connection and that contact with people. Obviously, the patient is a little bit further removed from you, so I really missed that. But I really enjoyed being a part of the decision making or influencing the decision making for the right choices for these patients. So, whilst it was a different sort of fulfillment, I was able to fill those gaps, you know, with um, passion. So. I was in the pharma industry for over 15 years and towards the end, which we're going back nine years now, um, I decided to follow a real passion that I had for every team that I've ever been in. I've always felt really connected and taken on sort of a mentorship role. So I wanted to pursue that further and maybe even create a role within a corporate team. So I went off and I qualified in neurolinguistic programming Selfishly, I think I really did just want to create a different kind of a role, but it was on literally within the first hour of my training, I thought, wow, I need to do this more in a capacity that that I want to do, more of that nurturing, supportive, caring, as well as the mentoring. So that started this whole really excited and passionate step-by-step into creating my own business and the company I worked for at the time were so incredible in supporting that and it just naturally progressed into getting more and more responsibility until I was in a role just doing that. So that gave me the opportunity to start and to build my business at the same time and you know when people say you're so passionate about something and you're getting results they kind of want to make it work for both of us and my manager at the time said do what you're doing keep doing what you're doing and use this time to build your programs and your services and we get to benefit from it so to me that was a real uh, amalgamation of all of the things that I've done in my career and they all came together eventually to fit into all of those passions and you know it's just such a joy I feel like now I've got the best job in the world. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's am- And you don't hear many people say that, that they feel they have yeah. the most amazing job in the world. And it reminds me of the Steve Jobs speech of you can only connect the dots backwards. It's like all yeah, for this moment. Totally. And, you know, looking back, you can 
pick all those moments career-wise where maybe all this doesn't feel like it's aligned with what I want to be doing and you can in hindsight go back and say that's why that happened because it pushed me to step out of my comfort zone and follow this idea that's been nagging at me and you know we tend to shut those ideas down because they don't fit with the model of the world we've been told we we are or we should be and we can spend decades doing that I have clients that do spend decades doing that (laughs) so true that's a beautiful way to look at it too that it's there's no wasted time there's no No. oh I've spent so many years studying to be this I've wasted it no it's part of your experience and you will never lose that exactly and we never say that to kids do we in their schooling journey when they go through you know experiences failures successes we never say to them you have to stop now because you're not meant to do that we we teach them that that experience is getting them somewhere we somehow forget that when we're adults (laughs) I know I know and it's like also that that message of the you need to when you're learning to walk and you fall over as a kid everyone's still applauding you but when you're an adult it's like if you fall it's like oh no this is the worst thing in the world as well yeah and you know we're not meant to stop learning and growing when we become an adult otherwise you know what is the point of us existing and making impact? We we are here to grow and serve and become. So, yeah, it's a great analogy. Love that. I love that. And when you were doing – so it's a big journey you've had from clinical hospital to pharma, mm. well, community first, then pharma, and now going in – now you're really in your own business as a mindset coach. Can you share more about what it was like for you when you decided to transition out of clinical nursing? Yeah, I I think for me, I guess these days you would look at it and maybe categorise it as being on my way to burnt out. Really what I was experiencing was uh, a sadness that I couldn't fulfil the passion. The role when it dissolved Basically, because I was after hours, I carried a pager and I had the beautiful experience of being called, you know, if a palliative patient needed to be changed and his wife couldn't roll him to to clean him up. And I was deeply saddened when I was asked to not answer the pager because of funding. So there would have been other nurses that would come. However, I was always available to do that. So I was deeply saddened. Not just that I couldn't fulfill that that passionate time that I had, but also because somebody could have been benefiting from my skill set and I was not allowed to go and fulfill that. So maybe the system and the model was preventing me from being able to really be the kind of nurse that I came here to be. And when we have those thoughts or those frustrations, they play on our mind and they they take away the ability for us to see the smaller moments of, of fulfilment in the role. And as, as, you know, bureaucracy tends to have it, this role was on its way to being completely uh, cancelled. So little bit by little bit, it was chipping away at my model of being the best person that I could be. And that makes you ruminate on your thoughts at night that makes you wish that you could be doing more and feel like you're not doing enough so to me burnout is a lot of that it's the fatigue yes absolutely but it's also 
the the thoughts and the disappointments and the realization that because of this situation I can't make the impact that I came here to make so that that burns your thoughts that burns your heart and it it burns the passion that you bring to what it is that you're doing so I couldn't rectify those thoughts because this role was not going to be anymore and I'd already grown into that role from a place of not having patient contact in the hospital world. So for me, I really needed to stop and think about what's next, what, what's deeply inside of me that's calling to be next. And, you know, in healthcare, there's always going to be work, right? So you can always find something to go back to if required. But I, I felt it was really time to, to pursue this thing that was exciting me and to, you know, call up, people in pharma and naively I called up somebody whose business card I had and uh, skipped a few phases in how you join the pharma world I went straight to a hospital specialist manager (laughs) and she was so amazing she sort of helped me to see what the idealization of this world was rather than just you know she was amazing and even though I never had contact with her again I consider her a mentor because she helped me to open my eyes and connect where I would fit in that world, which made for better interviews afterwards. So I really believe there's no accidents. I was meant to have that interview and I was meant to have that advice. So it, yeah, it, it started off a career which, as I said, spanned three organisations and I worked in cardiovascular, I worked in mental health, transplant and, you know, infectious diseases. So I had such a varied and interesting experience where I got to meet some amazing clinicians and be back in the hospital environment as well. So just gathering all of those exciting things and placing them into your role is is equally important as the skills, I think. Wow, yeah, and it's so true what you were saying about burnout. An element of it is that not feeling like you're doing what fulfills you it's that moral injury of this isn't really what I want yeah that can have continued over time and it really builds and when you moved into pharma what role um, did you have so I started as a GP representative and I was in a group of four people a team of four people who we had the the territory area which I now live in I didn't live in at the time and I was looking after three cardiovascular products and just visiting all of the GPs that saw patients that were likely to have cardiovascular disease and just learning more. I found it really interesting coming from a clinical perspective and then looking more deeply into the evidence-based world and communicating in that way, utilising my experience. So it was, it was a really fun time actually big teams, big exciting things going on. It was great. That sounds fun. Is that the medical science liaison? Is that what it would have been called or what? Uh, I worked with MSLs. For me, it was more uh, working around the evidence and the science behind the medications rather than where I had been delivering them and helping patients to manage their medications. It was really understanding um, the pharmacokinetics of what was going on when they were going through the regimen or lifelong treatment, whatever that was, yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing. And then you transitioned again into – and you made your own role a little bit with this. So 
um, you're now a a coach. Yeah, I kind of did make my own role. It's not the first time I did that in my career, actually. When I was in the mental health side of things with sales, I kind of created a role within the prison system for an antipsychotic because not a lot of the companies were really um, witnessing what was going on in those places and the need. So that was fun. So maybe that gave me the confidence and the experience to then move into doing this and and knowing, you know, there's there's no accidents. If we have these curious thoughts that keep repeating, my firm belief is that's the subconscious mind, that's the depths of you wanting to step into this next version of who you came here to be. I believe that, you know, we live in this conscious world where we're taught to think a certain way and live out a certain story. We we miss out on so much and we only use, you know, the brain. Inversely, we use it sort of back the front, the conscious thinking brain. We're there 95% of the time, yet it only has 5% of the function. So we're missing out on dipping into the real us. And so... I didn't find it that scary to explore that and go and do the training. And as I said, once once I started practicing on my team, my manager at the time, he didn't have the words for it. He just put his hand up at sort of diaphragm level and he said, I don't know what it is, Kylie, people start here. And then he raised his hand well above his head and he said, they end up here. I call it Kylie magic. Just keep doing that, please. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's no surprise that coaching, particularly NLP, is a very grey area and it's an area that is somewhat misunderstood. It has never had a big investment of money to to study it. So practically speaking, that's exactly what I needed is the practice to see outcomes and watch people go from point A to point PQRS, whatever it is for them. And once that started happening, I was then invited to work in other teams and and extend my work throughout the company. So for me, that's really what I needed to see. Maybe not a return on investment as in results, but watching people find out that depth of themselves and go and start executing it, but also to see how people receive that, it's it's really satisfying and fulfilling. So it's a different way to help and support and nurture people from where I started. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because you started with that idea of helping people and you are still helping people just in a different way. And also I loved how you spoke about the versions of ourselves. So there's a really great um, woman, Dr. Una. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's um, all about mindset as well. She's helping doctors become entrepreneurs and business minded. And she says, you know, with the iPhone they didn't wait till they had iPhone 12 or whatever the latest version is to release yeah. it. They started with iPhone. Then every year, okay, it's version two, version three. And it's that's like how we yeah. are too, just updating the versions. Absolutely. Start where you are. Use what you can. You know, it's it's literally if we wait for tomorrow to become next week, that's how the decades fly by and we could have been making some serious impact. So it's it's always about finding resourcefulness and a resourceful state and mindset right now so that I can get curious and say what can I do right now that's going to get me closer and that may be doing a google search that may be taking time to reflect and asking the questions you know 
am I here to do what I came here to do? Am I doing that? So that first step is always going to be based on what you have available to you right in this moment. That first step then helps you to create more available and so on. Yeah, exactly. Getting curious is so important and, you know, not just ignoring those feelings and just pushing them aside. And it is just one step at a time, isn't it? Um, And you don't really know, you can't really know what's next if you don't start taking those steps. Totally, totally. Now you're a mindset coach um, currently, Mm -hmm. like that's part of your your business what exactly is a mindset coach for those that don't know yeah I for me it's it's that different way of helping and supporting and nurture people and there are a lot of different kinds of mindset coaches out there it's a relatively new industry and all you need to do is do a google search and you will find 20 different modalities 20 different models 20 different personalities that are presenting it So for me, it's really about uh, helping people to become the person they came here to be and make the impact they came here to make. That's not necessarily about giving people tools or practices or programs or steps to go through. It's kind of the opposite for me. It's about unleashing the person that they came here to be. So by unleashing, it's really about unlearning all the stories in their way. And working out, you know, as I said before, we have these creative ideas. It's not an accident. We already have everything that we need inside of us. And it's about helping people realize not only do we have permission to go there, because let's face it, it's considered pretty woo-woo to go searching into whether you call it a spiritual side, a curious side or the subconscious mind and allowing them that permission, that time, that space to explore the resources, the resourcefulness that they already have. And let me tell you, we don't believe we have them because we believe what the the world told us. And I was just writing a piece yesterday about potential. You know, I no longer believe in potential because to me, if you ask somebody what their potential is, their, re- their response is going to be like the company line. It's going to be like what the world told them they were capable of, what their limit is or what their ceiling might be. I'm really into highest potential where you're tapping into that highest version of yourself and that's maybe not even about where you are now. It's also about where you're going and it's based on that resourcefulness that we don't tap into. So for me, it's about helping people find that growth mindset, helping people find the best version of themselves, the person they literally came here to be, rather than believing what the world told us was our limit or our ceiling. So it's a little bit different to other models. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. Everyone, everyone's so resourceful and creative and whole, you know, not, not broken and, and Um, because I'm doing a coaching, um, I'm currently in coaching training as well. And it just amazes me that someone will come with a a situation, you know, um, a topic. And I don't know the answer, you know, and they don't know in the beginning. But in the end, without any advice given, they know. And it's just amazing to see how they came to that conclusion themselves that it, it was within them. Yeah. And it's no different to these career changes, right? Every role we do, every job as a 14-year-old that we had, every person we come across is bringing out something in ourselves that shows us, hey, I am inclined to do that or I am interested in this and I can learn to follow that that passion or that 
question that keeps popping up. So our whole experience really develops into this resourcefulness that we're told not to tap into. It's it's really crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I wanted to ask you more about that because um, on your on your website you speak about part of your coaching is breaking out of the limiting and outdated beliefs. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about this fear, these limits that we put on ourselves? Yeah. So for me, again, the world tells us not to listen to this voice, right? We all have an inner critic. We all have coping mechanisms to deal with that. But again, I'm completely the opposite. The inner critic is the voice that represents these limits, these fears, these stories that the world told us who we are, what we're capable of, what we're allowed to be, how we're allowed to show up. So if we ignore these little voices within, where it's almost bastardizing the subconscious mind, we're shaming it and we're trying to hide that version of ourselves. And one of the chapters in my book is actually titled Roadblocks and Triggers are Signposts to Your Growth. So when that inner critic is berating us or yelling at us or shaming us, we need to start to listen and open the dialogue because that is a direct route to the story that is in the way of our highest potential, of our impact that we came here to meet. So that might be fear of failure, for example. And, you know, if you're, if you're uh, burnt out as a medic and you've been working all of these hours and you have a major loss at work, that's a failure, right? That's how we receive that. That's how we process that. And all of the, the, um, the ways that we go about processing that, even the meetings that are had to talk about what went wrong, et cetera, et cetera, it's feeding this story, this fear of failure. So what happens if we fail? Do we get judged? Does it mean I'm not good enough? Does it mean I need to quit? Does it mean no one's going to trust me? There's stories behind that event. And when those stories are what we believe is true about ourselves. Not only can we not cope with that failure, we can't find the resourcefulness to move on to the next patient, the next project, without carrying that with us. So in psychology, it's called a gestalt pattern where it keeps showing up in these events in life. If we're carrying that all the way through, it's going to prevent us from having a growth mindset and having the resourcefulness next time that situation comes up. So that is uh, what they refer to as a self-limiting belief. It's literally in the way of the person we came here to be. What we want is for that story to be unlearned so that we can look at this situation and go, that was awful. That was an awful situation. What can I learn from it? What can I take into next time? What compassion and, and love and fulfillment can I give to the next patient? The wisdom that I learned, the words that I can use next time to help them with their fears and show them that I've got them. So without that story, we're able to find so much more resourcefulness in growing from that situation and executing with wisdom next time. These stories don't happen to us. They actually happen for us. But the world tells us the complete opposite. It's our weakness. It's our shame. It's our blind spot. But we don't have to keep it blinded. We can choose not to believe in them anymore. And that's what my signature framework does. We unearth those stories. We unlearn them and we unleash their highest potential and the person they came here to be. And it's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing because in in medicine for nurses for doctors for whoever is practicing healthcare these situations happen it's not if yeah. it's when they they happen 
and it's out of our control most of the time even if you do everything as per the guidelines or whatever happens if things were missed which happened too and uh, we need to be able to look at it and not just shame ourselves or absolutely and you know I even saw it play out this week there was a meeting at school my daughter is in um I'm not a fan of this word, but that's what the education department calls it, the gifted learners program. And I was so thrilled that they addressed perfectionism because I can't tell you how many academics or high achievers or type A personalities have this battle with perfectionism. It's just a story. It's just a story. And often it's related to that fear of failure. And if we're not perfect, it means something terrible about us. And if our friend has it, we can easily rationalise and show them how that's absolute rubbish. But when it's our core belief about who we are, we can't reason with it. So the only way to let that go is to unlearn it and then have that self-compassion and realise that there's no such thing as perfect. There's never going to be. So it's these stories stifle who we're meant to be. Yeah, yeah. And self-compassion, such an important word such an important thing because we can be so hard on ourselves and really not have like we could be compassionate to everyone around us and really care about the patients and and one you know most people that come into this field want to help people they're they're compassionate people but it's not extended to themselves that's right and we're not going to be okay if our carers are not okay yes oh yeah Mm. that's exactly it healthier healthier care is equal healthier community um so absolutely uh, i could keep chatting all day about this with you but we're nearing the end already so uh, (laughs) i wanted to ask a bit about your book more about your book can you can you tell us about it so my book is called focus is fertilizer and it's around the whole idea that what you focus on you fertilize so in regards to thoughts if you're ruminating on a negative thought your mindset is going to look at the world through that negative thought so the stories that we talked about for example but this book it's a short read it's 100 pages so people tell me it's it's a really easy um, read to to go through and it's it covers the three elements of the fertilizer for your mindset so you can cultivate a growth mindset using these three elements of focus presence and appreciation And I've taken those three elements and talked about real life situations in my life from things going great to stressful to crisis and even through the illness and the death of my identical twin sister. So these are not just thoughts that I made up out of my mind. These are reflections of how I got through those times and the three critical elements that I naturally kept going back to. And it's, it's, a book that can give you the ability to go, okay, I'm going through this situation. How can I practically apply? So every chapter has got the story and the practical application so you can start to utilise, if not all three of them, one at a time to start cultivating a growth mindset, which helps you find that resourcefulness that we all have available in just everyday life, right? So it's it's actually recently been rated an 8 out of 10 by the Book Life Awards, which is exciting. So it's, um, it's a real passion project of mine that I wrote during COVID. Actually, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and just writing during lockdown. So it's great to see it out there in the world now. That's amazing. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put a link in the show notes for the book. And it's, it's so true. What you, what you 
fertilize is what grows and and yeah. and my husband always says this the mind is like a garden and you got to pull out those weeds or you you got to yeah I actually have that quote in the book (laughs) it's one of my favorites yeah yeah it's so true um now I always ask this to everyone that comes on uh what is balance to you oh I think balance is about I think firstly it's about having your cup either full or overflowing and it starts with you because if we're giving too much of ourselves, we're actually giving ourselves. So balance is about being able to still nurture and care for people without giving ourselves. We can give of ourselves, but if we're giving ourselves away, that's that's the burnout. That is when we start to deplete and become ineffective and unresourceful. I think it's also about the state that we show up in, the stories that we believe, and how we show up to the world. So it's about having enough energy, enough vibration, enough compassion and dedication to ourselves, as it is about our work and to the people around us. That's beautiful and it's a great way to picture it too, a cup visually, imagine it overflowing or full and and not emptying it all out. Yeah. Um, Now is there anything else you'd like to add that you think would benefit the listeners? Uh. All of my socials are under Kylie Brennan Coaching. So if you start following those or sign up to my uh, list, which will pop up on my website, you'll be able to notice when I start to enroll for the group group coaching program as well. But yeah, I, I find for me, when I'm looking into new people to connect with, I like to stalk on socials for a little while and get to know them. So please feel free to do that. (laughs) All right. That's so great. I'll put it all in the show notes, all the links to your website and your socials. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so great to have you on. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Isabella. You've been listening to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate and review this podcast and click the follow button. For more resources, check out the Balance Medics website. The link to this will be in the show notes below. See you next episode.